0: This afternoon. I simply want to come from one verse in 1st Timothy, Paul's letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 15. 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 simply says, "The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost." Let me read it again. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word, for the songs we have sung to worship you. Most of all, thank you for your Savior who has come for us. And so, God, may everyone in this room know Jesus, Not just know Him, but know Him as their Savior. All of this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Throughout the month of December here at Taylor's First, we've been focusing a little different than normal. Normally we'll look to Matthew or Luke's Gospel where you see that Christmas story and the meat of it there, the narrative, if you will. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking to Paul's letters, the letter Paul was writing to the churches, and then today, particularly to Timothy. In those narratives, you kind of get the story of what happened, but when you come to Paul, he speaks about why Jesus came. In other words, the reason behind it, maybe a word like theology of it. What's the purpose? What's the reason? And so, a little more than just the narrative, why? Why did he come? And today is really no different for in our verse today we have really a quick summation of the whole gospel all of it right there in one verse jesus christ jesus came the incarnation to save sinners redemption we see jesus came to save sinners all of that good news is packed into those few words and for paul this was a sublime truth now if you're anything like me You probably use words that half the time you're not quite sure what they mean. And I do that quite often. Sublime is one of those. I always think I know, so I had to make sure I looked it up. He said, this is a sublime truth, meaning, and this is what sublime means. It's of such excellence, grandeur, or beauty that it inspires great admiration. For Paul, what he says here in this verse is sublime. It's so glorious and it's so beautiful and it it brings so much inspiration even in those few words that it changes his life. For Paul this message in 1 Timothy 1:15 is not a truth that grows stale with time. It's not like last year's Christmas presents because most of you forgot what you even received. But this is a gift that only grows more precious. This is something that only gets sweeter, not stale, but better and better and better. As time goes on, the more we recognize the truth of the gospel, it only gets more glorious. And so as Paul is writing to Timothy in the midst of this passage, he simply reminds him of this. Each phrase has its own power here. He says, first, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Paul uses this formula several times in his letters, five times to be exact. He uses this formula to draw attention to what he's going to say, and maybe even draw attention to something that's a little bit difficult to believe. We do the same kind of thing, right? We, we say, man, I promise. I, I, I'm not kidding about this. I promise you this is what happened. I, I want to give you confidence, and I know it may sound a little strange or maybe hard to believe, but, but I tell you, this is exactly what took place. That's what Paul's doing here. This is Trustworthy. It may be a crazy thought to imagine that Christ Jesus came to save sinners, but this is trustworthy. And in a world where things are hard to believe, in a world where trust is at an all time low, in a world where chaos seems to reign instead of order and truth, surely this is what Paul is meaning. He's saying with this passage, we need something stable. Chaos is reigning, no trust, we don't know what to believe anymore, we need something we can hold on to, we need something that's true, we need something that's trustworthy, something we don't have to let go of, we have to have something that could be our home base to make sense of everything else, our beacon in the night. That's what Paul is saying here. Here it is. This is trustworthy. You can count on this. Paul's point is, here's where you can hold on to. Here's solid ground in the midst of chaos. Here's stability in the midst of disorder everywhere. Here is truth in the midst of a whole bunch of lies. This is trustworthy. And just like we sing with, O come, O come, Emmanuel, the cry of those who are, are longing, are those, and he says, disperse the gloomy clouds of night and and death's dark shadow put to flight that's what we long for as darkness seems to reign we're looking for a little bit of light that can show us the way home and here in verse 15 paul says this is trustworthy and not only that it's trustworthy this is something that's worthy of full acceptance In other words, all the ideas of the world, all the knowledge, all the understanding, everything in the world is measured against this. This is a truth you can build your life upon. This is a truth that is a true truth. In other words, this is, this is the pinnacle of it all. This is what all of creation has been established on. This is what everything finds in its place. As the word of God said, everything is from him, through him, and to him. So all of our definitions and all of our understanding and reality itself, Paul is saying, is built upon this. This is worthy of your full acceptance. You can build your life on this truth. And what, what is that truth? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Man, to unpack that really would take a while. And, and I've got a time limit here because these candles, when they go all the way down to the end, we're done. But just think of it, Christ, the first word. This is, that's not his last name, y'all know that. That's his title. He's the Messiah, All of the promises of the Old Testament are given to the Messiah, the Christ. Jesus is that one who has come as the fulfillment of all the promises of Scripture. Jesus, he he points to that name, Jesus. This name is, is a name that was particularly given to this baby who was born in Bethlehem. If you remember there in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, whenever the angel comes to Joseph, he tells Joseph, She will bear a child, even though she's a virgin, she will bear a child, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Here, this name Jesus attaches to this one who has come for us. It speaks of a historical figure that really lived, that really was born, that we celebrate 2,000 years later, even now that he came, lived, died, and rose again. This is who it is. The Messiah is this Jesus who came for us that word came that word came speaks of the fact that this Jesus is uh, didn't just begin there in the manger in Bethlehem he is the second person of the trinity he is as we even read in John in chapter one he is pre-existent he is uh, co-equal co-eternal with God he has always been and he came to earth on a mission to redeem his people he showed up for the first time, not in Bethlehem, but for the first time in all eternity. showed up where? Into the world. This Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, truly God, truly became man and entered into our mess. He came from heaven to enter into the world so that he may redeem the world to save sinners. To save sinners. This my friends, is the clear reason why he came. His coming surely brings God glory. But his existence is is the glory of God in and of itself. The reason why he left heaven to come into the world, into our mess, our sin, our own darkness, the reason why he came here was to save sinners. Christmas. Christmas we celebrate. Christmas we celebrate was the coming of, of the son of god to save us from our sins paul says that's the reason why he came the reason he came was to carry out the work of redemption that the father had sent him to carry out he was born laid in a manger he lived a perfect life he taught god's word revealed the kingdom coming he displayed his glory through healings and through his teachings He died on the cross, having been rejected by those who should have accepted him. Yet he did not stay dead. He rose again on the third day. He ascended into heaven. He now sits on the throne and he reigns forever. All of this comes down to this truth that Jesus Christ has accomplished salvation for all of those who believe. Even as I mentioned, this Jesus shall be his name or he will save his people from their sins. Even the angel there speaking to Joseph speaks of the assurity that he will accomplish what he is sent for. And now as Paul is writing, he's writing on the other side saying he has accomplished it. He has done it. He has come to save sinners and he has accomplished the work that he was sent to do. Jesus himself said, I come to seek and save the lost. That was his mission and his task. And this, this is the message of Christmas. The third phrase here, Paul says, he came came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Paul is not speaking with hyperbole here. He's not trying to exaggerate. Paul is not being morbid about his sinful past. He's already mentioned there in verse 12 and 13 how he was a a persecutor, a blasphemer, an insolent opponent, yet God saved him. He's already mentioned all of that. It was God's grace that Paul wanted to draw attention to here. When he says, I am the foremost of sinners, he's drawing attention to God's grace. He says that in verse 14. The grace of our Lord overflowed for me. And in verse 16, he says, it was the patience of Christ Jesus that saved me. In the midst of this, his grace has come and his patience for me has been on display. And what Paul is saying is, why would I continue in that? Paul is not trying to draw attention to himself as how great a sinner he is. He's trying to draw attention to Christ of how great a savior he is. He saved even me. And if any of you are children of God in this room, if any of you have received salvation recognizing that Jesus came to save sinners and you were one of them, just as the scripture said, and you needed salvation and you've turned to him, you too will say, His grace and His patience is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Paul says, I am the the least, I'm the foremost, but He is the greatest, He is the Savior that can save even the worst. That's why all of us have to respond to this Jesus. If this is the reason he came to save sinners, and all of us, as the scripture says, are sinners who have turned away from him, for all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. If all of us are sinners who have not kept his law, who have not kept his commandments, who have not followed after him, if all of us are sinners, then then he came to save us. He came to save us. This is the very reason why he's here. This universal truth, Jesus comes to save sinners, gets down to a particular place, me. He didn't just come to save sinners in general. He came to save me in particular. Each one of us has to reckon with that. Jesus came to save me. And the response for Christmas is simple. There has to be this personal confession that, yes, I'm a sinner, and he came for me, and we trust him, and we place our faith in him, and we look to him as the one who who not only lived for us, but died for us. And in our place, condemned he stood. We look to him. We also give our life to him in commitment, just as he gave to us. The greatest gift we have ever received is Christ Jesus. He came to save us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. While we were still ungodly, he gave his life. And he who knew no sin became sin so that we may have eternal life. And this is the message of Christmas. For Jesus came to save sinners. He came to save sinners. The universal offer is one thing. Its individual acceptance is another. Each and every one of us will and must respond to the truth, the sublime and glorious truth that Jesus came to save us. Will you recognize him as Savior? Receive the gift of eternal life. Paul says, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of craziness, in a world full of lies, this is trustworthy. And this This deserves our full acceptance. Here's where we build our life. On one who came for us, who died for us, and who reigns for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Christ Jesus. Thank you that he came for us. Thank you for the glorious truth of the gospel. God, Jesus came to save sinners. Help each and every one of us today to recognize our need of Christ. And though we may, up to this point in our life, have walked away from him, turned away from him, and not honored him to, honored Him as Lord, may today we say, Jesus saved my life. God, thank you for a great and glorious Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray.